everyone. Welcome to episode number nine of Trifecta Protection, Real People, Real Stories. I'm your host, Brooke Packard. Trifecta Protection is a three-in-one safety device that includes a knife, alarm, and repellent spray all in one unit. It is portable, it is lightweight, it's magnetic, and it comes with a clip on the back to attach to your clothing or purse. Our podcast, Trifecta Protection, Real People, Real Stories, is a platform where women countrywide have a safe place to tell their stories about stalkers, predators, and close call encounters. Every story matters, and every story has the capability to save someone's life, or at least to help open our eyes to all of our listeners out there about the harsh reality that we actually live in. It's my goal to help normalize talking about our stories in order to help prevent and protect any more dangerous scenarios from actually happening. Tonight is something new. We're actually having one of our previous guests back to finish her story. Liz Fay was here with us last week and she shared her bone chilling story with us. And unfortunately, well, first time for everything, we ran out of time to hear the ending. If you missed Liz's story, I would highly suggest you going back to listen to episode number eight. I'll give you a quick rundown of it just to refresh everyone's brain. Um, Liz had a friend who grew overly obsessed with her and took his obsession to a whole new level. Uh, This man killed her bunny and actually buried it with her the next day. He made jokes about killing her in the woods. Who jokes about that? He would threaten to get her fired from her jobs. He made a room to keep her captive in in his house. Um, that's just like the show you, if you haven't seen it already, which actually goes hand in hand to who Liz is. She is a journalist. She is blonde. And the main character is clearly this man. He broke into her apartment. Liz ended up taking this man to court, but it did not play out the way that it should have played out. The judge actually played Liz out to be mentally ill and spun it out on her. It turned out to be a rigged trial, which Liz is going to talk to us about today. Um, Liz also shared screenshots from her lawyer saying that the decision was made prior to an actual, actual court hearing. And the scariest and worst part about this is this man is still out there potentially doing this to other females. Liz is here with us today to finish her story. Liz, thank you so much for coming back for some more. I've been looking forward to this ever since we came up short in our last episode. How are you doing tonight? I am great. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) Absolutely, Liz. (laughs) We're more than welcome to just pick up right where we left off, if that works for you. Oh, yeah, totally. So we left off about, you were talking about the trial and how it was turned on you and how unfair that was. Okay, yeah. So I, and I, I showed you this screenshot, as you mentioned, but so, yeah, so court comes after all of the major red flag incidents and the many uncomfortable incidents that happened in between each one. So court finally comes. Um, 
the sketchiest thing about it was this guy also sent a retaliatory order back against me, which is, um, according to my lawyer, what usually the most dangerous stalkers do, because then you have no protection. You no longer have any more protection. And so by the time court gets here, I have multiple screenshots of texts um, from fake numbers, like the text now apps, uh, sending me rude messages in the middle of the night and things like that. And what were some uh, of the messages? What would they be saying? Oh, gosh. So that I don't really. Um, I knew it that they were from him because there was there's this one smiley face emoji that he always used and and that was kind of his signature and so that was at the end of the text the texts though they just had nasty uh they said nasty things that were meant to hurt me uh that were personal to me that he were things that he would know yeah so with no way to trace back there were no way to trace back to him other than because i i think i mentioned this in the last episode that when you uh, if you, unless you are related to or have a romantic relationship with somebody, you have to take out what's called a harassment order instead of a restraining order. And this is, like I said in the last episode, where the system sets women up to fail in some circumstances, is my attorney could not send out a subpoena to find the IP address of where these text messages were coming from because I simply had a harassment order and you need a restraining order for an attorney to subpoena things like IP addresses. Okay. So, and he knew that clearly. Uh, He seemed familiar with the system and well, I mean, he was, he is familiar because, you know, he's done this to me. I've done this to uh, another woman before me, but he would brag about knowing how to, you know, jump through loopholes. So, and that's exactly what he did. So court happened. Exactly what happened. Yeah. So my friend who warned me, the friend who I called the night that my my uh, lock was jimmied, um, who her college roommate was the first victim that we know of, anyways. And so when uh, she ended up being right when she was telling me not to go to court because it was not gonna work out in my favor. So she ended up being completely right about that. And uh, court comes around, and even with all of our my, our evidence against him and and our accurate accurate timeline it was and and whether i was made out to look crazy like just another hysterical woman in uh court or not when my lawyer texted me after trial after my the order against him got dropped and the order against me got dropped they just got dismissed and um and that that was a very strategic of him on his end because that's kind of what tends to happen when uh, you go and take an order back out against the other person. So, um, anyways, that's when my lawyer uh, texted me when she got the termination notice for uh, for my order against him. Mm-hmm. And it it's time and it's court, so it's timed and dated. And it was uh, time that the judge had decided to drop the order, my order against him, right at eleven o'clock and our court our trial started around 11 10. it was scheduled for 11 a.m but trial didn't actually start until uh like i'd say about 10 past so that means when the judge went through everything or whatever he's predetermined to drop my order against him even though we had more than three three reported events which is what you need um we had far more than three and all kinds of evidence so, so uh, they made, right. 
they made their decision before even hearing your story. Right, yeah, before cross-examination and argument, yep. Which doesn't make the judge look super credible, but hey. <laughs> you're a judge, you're a judge. Yeah, <laughs> so, not the first time will be the last. So after court, how has this played out? Have you had any interactions with him? I know you mentioned before, I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or not, but that you decided to reach out to an old girlfriend. Do you want to go down that route? Okay, yeah. So actually, this goes back to the day I went back to the police. But yes, so I, uh, what basically what ended up being the cause and effect of, of me going to the police was the night that I came home to a Jimmy Lock, you know, I really didn't want to have to take things to where they went. But the night that I came home from work to the Jimmy Lock, I wanted to be completely sure. I mean, my instincts were already screaming at me that that it was clearly him messing with my life. Mm-hmm. But so I wanted to be absolutely sure, though. And so uh, there's this ex-girlfriend that he used to just talk shit about all the time who was in the process of um, they were recently broken up according to him turned yeah. out they were still together the whole time because the night i go to the police i, I was going to add her on facebook because i wanted to find out from her if he's violent yeah and within two to three minutes of me sending her a facebook friend request i got a text from him and mind you i hadn't talked to him uh for like at least a day or so yeah i was avoiding him because i was already i was already like fully knew that i had to get away from him yeah he texts me and asked me why i was friend requesting her on facebook mind you i have never even met her and she should have no idea who i am yet he somehow knew that i the person who he was obsessing over tried to friend request his ex-girlfriend on facebook wow so do you think that came from her or do you think he just had access to seeing this i think he has access well because going back to what my friend said that he did to her roommate where he'd like lock her in his basement for days at a time and things when they were in college um he i think that he just has access to her accounts because um he got the notification right away clearly yeah Yes, clearly. And also in court, he alleged that he was still with his girlfriend and he had no idea what I was talking about before he got embarrassed when the judge read out loud messages he sent me that were not friendly, like mm-hmm. they were inappropriate, like yeah. they were they were just thirsty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he, his girlfriend and he, they might have been together, they might not have been, but I was trying to find out if, if he was violent for sure or not. When he texted me from his phone number, uh, within minutes of me sending that friend request, I got my butt in the car and I went straight to the police station. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. To, no. And for me to friend request your ex-girlfriend and, and you know within three minutes, and his ex-girlfriend would have no idea who I am. Yes. She would have no idea who I am. We've never met, nothing. Yeah. So, yep. so that's how court played out. Were there any encounters after court? Like, have you run into him? Do you feel like he's stalking you anymore on social media, um, in real life? I don't feel as though he's still stalking me. I can't tell. So he does strike me, and this was my biggest fear after court was, and I had to, you know, install security and cameras and everything, and I have state, I carry safety with me now. Yeah. But so I, um, I do. He does strike me as the kind who will disappear for a while and then come back. Yep. Uh, 
But after court, there were incidents. So just the day after court, I started getting the fake phone number texts again. Um, of course. And, and who else would it be? Him. Right, exactly. It was very deliberately him trying to, it was psychological warfare to him. He was trying to break me down and make me come across as delusional. Yep. And then also I started getting notifications that someone with his phone type tried hacking into my Snapchat account. But listen to this, the, the uh, security alert from Snapchat that I got didn't even end up actually being from Snapchat. It was from one of the fake number texts. So that was pretty much just uh, uh, rubbing it in my face like, uh, you know, like, here, I'm going to make you look crazy. I'm going to make you now get scared and go to the police and be like, look, he's trying to hack into my social media, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When, you know, it's like he was just completely playing with me. It was gross. It's like a cat, like how they play with their food before they eat it. That's Absolutely. pretty much like what he would, what he tries to do to his victims. Oh, my gosh. And you mentioned earlier, maybe it was before the podcast, but something about his um, username. And you don't have to say what his username was, but when you looked into the words of it, it was extremely alarming. Do you want to speak about that? Yeah, so, and my lawyer even thought this was strange, and I actually, even there were detectives involved in this case, even, and the detectives really were encouraging me to go to the police, and I even, I even ignored the detectives uh, push for me to go to the police for at least a day, because I really, really didn't want to take it there, I, I really didn't, I don't really have faith in the police when it comes to these situations, Yeah. Um, I just don't think that they have enough training in, in this area with stalkers and so, mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, yes, his, his username on social media is, I don't know if it's still this cause it did get brought up in court. His username is crime without a lime. And at first glance, you know, your regular person would think that's probably just a drinking reference or something. Yeah. But then, uh, when I, you know, started letting my close friends know about this, I have one friend who he's just like, um, he's brilliant and he, He's really into the sciences and things like that. And he he said to me, he was like, uh, Liz, you know that lime is typically used by serial killers to mask the scent of decaying bodies, right? <sighs> and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So then he gave me more information and I researched it. And there are, you can go online. There are so many famous murder cases where bodies have been discovered with uh, lime over them to, to try and mask the, the smell so that the person won't get caught because, you know, if it's hard, it'll be hard harder to find the body. Yep. There are no ways to make everything that you're saying not line up. Like, <laughs> all of these red flags yeah. add up to just the, and, a monster. And there's also that picture I, I showed you uh, of him in, in the car with the, the sticker on the car mirror it says face in the mirror and then there's the the sticker on the car mirror that says uh objects in mirror are closer than they appear and he he actually posted this to his facebook account brooke saw the picture yes it and then he captioned it the mirror explains it all and this was back in 2009 but again going back to my friend whose college roommate was a victim of this guy he's been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. i mean yeah i i mean I went back and I, I into his his other problem his other run-ins with the law and I mean 
he's gotten out of absolutely everything, even just, you know, speeding tickets, running a stop sign. His, uh, as I'm pretty sure there was another thing with his dad. His dad had him arrested um, from their house. It was just his, and he just, someone in the system is protecting him because yes. he's gotten off with all of it. Yep. He has connections. Um, when was the last time, has it been a while since you've heard from him? Like, a range? The last thing that happened was while I was actually in California, I was working on a story. And so I went on a trip to Los Angeles with a bunch of music producers and musicians. And uh, while we were in a studio session at Paramount, I all of a sudden started having my phone blown up every couple of minutes. I would get a, a text from Google verification that someone was trying to access my email. And he knew my email address because, um, we've emailed before. Yeah. But nothing ever came from it, but you just got that little warning red flag that he's still um, looking. I got, yeah. So every two minutes for like, um, at least half an hour, uh, he, so he kept trying to log in again and again and again for like 30 minutes oh my gosh persistent my friends and i had to contact google and i had to make new passwords and and everything and i for the most part tried to abandon that email address oh my gosh still out there though that's pretty crazy yeah but the you know the the thing is it's like he has subliminal messages all over his social media Mm-hmm. With the, you know that the creepy pictures with the creepy captions and then the creepy handle name. I mean, it literally starts with the word crime. Yep, with a line. So, yeah, and it's just yeah, he it, it's he's very in your face about it. He, he still gets away with it. Well, Liz, what is one piece of advice that you would like to offer to all females listening right now? Uh, well, first, get a trifecta. <laughs> oh, great <laughs> advice, Liz. <laughs> first, get a trifecta. But um, other than that, just really, really, really trust and use your intuition. Your intuition will not let you down. And to be honest with you, when it comes to to these types of predators who who will really know how to emotionally and psychologically manipulate you or the people around you, your, your intuition is most of the time the only thing that will save you and get mm-hmm. you away from somebody like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So get a trifecta, <laughs> follow and trust your intuition, and if you are a gun person, get a gun. <laughs> get a gun. Okay, I like that. And if you're not a gun person, you can settle with the trifecta. <laughs> yeah, but in Liz's yeah. case, I think I would buy a firearm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I thank you so much for being here and being brave to share your story. It's not easy getting on here and sharing everything that you have gone through. So I hope this never arises again for you or for any other female out there. Let's hope that maybe this guy learned his lesson or he's just done. But thank you, Liz, for coming back and finishing your story. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Brooke. It's been great. It has been great. If you have a story to tell, we want to hear it. Send us a message on our social media or through our website, and we'll get the ball rolling. Stay safe, my friends. It's my fight song.